three-dimensional world. We won't go in one direction or see where we can zap. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yummy the Ferret. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yummy the Ferret. We are not starting this episode off with fun, crazy, zany things. We are starting this episode off by talking about the giant clusterfuck that was the release of Cyberpunk 2077. As you all know, I'm not playing the game until... After this year is up, after my Game of the Year list is released, that's when I will focus on playing the game. And <clears throat> what has transpired within the last few days has put me off of playing more of the game. Because I played through the first like hour, I started a nomad character and I was just kind of messing around. Because I was hearing these horror stories of, you know, people, you know, starting up the game and, you know, having these really crazy glitches and it being broken and all that. Now, even though I didn't personally, res you know, get any of that, there were some things that kind of bugged me about it, i.e. the pop-in problems. It's where a item doesn't load as, you know, as fast as other things, so you start walking around a free roam area, and then all of a sudden, whoop, there's all the billiards on the pool table, you know what I'm saying? But, it seems that the older versions of the game were not only lied about by the developers, but they were hidden by the developers. Now, no one, I mean, who knows really who to blame, uh, but the blame is going to largely rest upon CD Projekt Red's shoulders. Simply because in every statement that they sent out about delays and, you know, stuff like that, they claimed it was because they were making the older console versions better. They were putting them, they were getting them up to speed so that they could release side by side with the PC and the next gen consoles which are now technically current-gen. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, this game changed from being a last-gen game to a next-gen game, you know what I'm saying? And in, in that, they did not want to alienate their last-gen players. So they wanted to put out a game, or they wanted to put out this game at least, on all the consoles, all the blah-blah-blahs, except for, of course, the like the Switch, you know? And that's commendable. And that is something that developers should be making strides to do right now, since there's not a lot of stock for either of the next-gen consoles. But... Giving in to pressure from whoever, whether it's your Twitter followers, 
your investors, your higher-ups, and not delaying this game again was probably the worst mistake that CD Projekt Red has made in this whole debacle. And as you all know, I've talked about Cyberpunk a lot and how excited I was for it. And um, it's one of those things that's like another delay would have been fine. Like I had it in my head, like I'm not playing this game until next year anyways. So what? So just delay it again if it needs to be delayed. You don't have to push for it to come out. And even though the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and the PC versions have been met with pretty positive reviews, probably, I think I saw most of them were in the high 70s, low 80s. You know, that's that, but that's a good thing, you know? And that's fine, and you do get a free upgrade for the PS5 version if you buy the PS4 version, whether it's on disc or digital. The problem comes around when you have more than just a small fringe amount of people complaining that their game isn't booting, that their game is crashing constantly, that things aren't loading, that, uh, you know, the textures and stuff like that, the game's dropping the 15 frames per second on a PS4 or an Xbox. And both consoles are having problems. It's not just a PS, it's not just a PlayStation thing, it's not just an Xbox thing. It's really concerning to me that a company this highly regarded for their work on past games like The Witcher 3 has stooped to a sort of EA slash Ubisoft way of dealing with things where it's like, we'll put it out now broken and falling to pieces and we'll fix it later. That mentality is not going to get you praise in the gaming world. And it's definitely not going to win you any awards. CD Projekt Red has of course come out on social media and tried to apologize for not showing how the PS4 and Xbox One ran. You know, the versions of the game ran prior to the launch of it. Uh, The Polish team... Uh, came out on Twitter. Let me let me pull it up here. Hold on. They said, Dear gamers. Now, this statement rubs me the wrong way. Dear gamers. The term gamer has been kind of used as a jab <laughs> at people. Um, honestly, I don't know why they would start with that. You know? It's one of those things that... Uh, I don't know. Dear gamers, come on, man. Come on. You, you know better than this. Anyways, they start out by saying, Dear gamers, first of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered, and in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to it and to, to making it play better on PS4 and Xbox One. So this first part of the statement bugs me because... As I previously said in the same podcast, last time that they pushed back the game, which is fine, you know, delays are fine. It it means that they're working harder on the game, supposedly. That they were delaying the game until December to get the older versions of the games running properly. Because obviously, it's a big game. 
Anyways, they continued on to say, um, second, we will fix bugs and crashes and improve the overall experience. The first round of updates has just been released, and the next one is coming within the next seven days. Expect more, as we will update frequently whenever new Im improvements are ready. After the holidays, we'll continue working. We'll release two large patches, starting with patch number one in January. This will be followed by patch number two in February. Together, these should fix the most poignant prominent, I'm sorry, most prominent problems gamers are facing on last-gen consoles. There's that word again. Why are they using that word? Um, we will be informing you about the contents of each patch ahead of their release. They won't make the game on last-gens look like it's running on the high-spec PC or next-gen console, but it will be closer to that experience than it is now. Um, so, I the hot fix that they released recently was the one that I played on, and that's the one I didn't have too many problems in. Now, like I said, I didn't get far into the game. Hell, I didn't even get to the open world aspect of the game. I kind of wasn't, like, digging how they opened the game with, like, oh, a year later kind of thing. You know I don't like that kind of stuff. And they showed, like, glimpses of all these, like, characters that you meet during the year, and it's like, well, I don't really have a connection with these people. But that's for that's for another time when I've actually played the game more, of course. Um, I, I, I do like that they are, you know, I mean... Look, you gotta believe them when they say that they're gonna be working off the off the heezy, you know, uh, you know, working hard um, to get these patches out. And obviously, I I mean, I do agree. Take a break during the holidays. Like, come on, they we. I know that people have high expectations for this game and they want this game to be beautiful and and perfect and blah 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 blah. But you also have to understand that just like with a lot of games that came out this year developers and publishers have been criticized heavily for pushing their workers and crunching their workers and it started with the last of us and it kind of keeps going throughout throughout the year there's multiple games that came out this year where you know uh, uh, an anonymous employee will come out and be like well you know we worked 12 hour days seven days a week and we didn't get paid overtime and people go well that sucks the game's still good you know I mean that—that's kind of how I. That's almost how I feel about The Last of Us Part Two. It's like, really enjoyed the game, but damn, if you could just treat your employees a little bit better, <laughs> like, come on. And like I, I, I understand what they're saying here. You know, it's not gonna—it's not gonna look like it does on the next-gen consoles. It's not gonna look like it does on a high-end PC. And I understand that. I understood that coming into the hotfix version that I was playing. You know, I'm not pissed like wholeheartedly with how the game is running for for people right i understand people's concerns and i understand why they're angry obviously it doesn't need to go as far as some people are taking it like always um but i do have immense disappointment in the publisher or i'm sorry in the developer themselves who are this publisher too and how they handled i mean i'm gonna get into some more stuff later but how just they how they just handled everything after this post i have more qualms about that i have more qualms about the, the the developer themselves because obviously when when playstation certified this game and xbox certified this game it was under the preconceived notion that they were going to fix the problems that sony and microsoft found in the game with their playtesters the game wouldn't have been released on the consoles if it was in a state where it wasn't working at all and of course, we're going to get into that a little bit later after I finish this post, but the updates that they sent out to the games kind of broke a few people's consoles. Anyway, so 
or games, I should say, not consoles. I apologize. I didn't mean to say consoles. I was I was thinking of something else. Anyways, the final part of this statement. Finally, we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate it if you would give us a chance. But if you're not, if you are not pleased with the game or your console or your console, wait, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I I can't read today. I'm, I apologize. Um. But if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system on the PSN or Xbox apps, respectively. For boxed version of the game, please first try to get a refund at the store where you bought the game. Should this not be possible, which 99% of the time it's not possible, please contact us at help blah 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 at cdprojectred.com and we will do our best to help you starting from today you can contact us for, for a week up until december 21st 2020 so that's obviously when they're going away and then they said ps pc gamers will also be getting regular updates and fixes improving the game so here's my problem with this which i'm going to talk about right now Cyber, the developers of Cyberpunk did not talk to PlayStation and did not talk to Microsoft about their refund strategy. And on top of that, most stores that you go to, whether it's an EB Games, um, a UK game store, GameStop, they are not going to take back an opened game and give you back your full full refund. Back when... Back when I was still getting games from GameStop, there was a return policy that said, you know, a few days afterwards you could get a refund. But this this Twitter post came out on December 14th. And Cyberpunk came out on December 10th, if you don't recall from last time when I talked to you guys. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's it. <laughs> it. Let's say that GameStop's policy is three days after you open the game that you can go and get a refund with no questions asked. Not only do they post this in the middle of the night on December fourteenth, when obviously they were open in Sweden or where or Poland. I'm sorry. People in the U.S. are screwed if they got it from GameStop, right? But let's 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 dissect a few things here. Um, before I talk about the developers' plans for the future of the game, let's talk about the refund mess. Um, reports of Cyberpunk 2077 refunds refunds for both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 were coming all around, they were being denied by Sony. Now, I don't know about Xbox users, maybe they were able to, maybe with their policy, they were able to do it a little bit easier, but posts that appeared on Reddit, Twitter, and sent to um, news organizations had people talking with PlayStation Chat, and guess what? They The representative was talking about how, you know... You should wait until the updates come out. There's no way that we can refund this. The developer tweeted about it, and, you know, here comes the PlayStation person saying, and informed, as informed on the recent post by CG Project Red, two large game patches will be released in January and February. That is literally what the Sony representative was talking to about this guy. He was like, hey, there's going to be patches, so, you know, you know, 
peace and love, but sorry, it's not it's not our problem, right? That's essentially what happened. And um, someone else tried to get a refund from Game, which is um, which is the UK store, and they were denied as well. Um, Xbox support. Dear Gamer, this is confirmation that we have received your assistance request for refunding a console copy of Cyberpunk. As this email was sent to you automatically, we kindly ask you to not reply to this. If you own a digital copy of the game on Xbox, visit the support article for details on how to refund. If you own a digital copy, please wait for us to get back to you. So, there is something going on with the Sony end of things. And obviously, you know, Sony doesn't have the best refund stuff in the game, obviously, we all know that, but when the developer comes out on Twitter and doesn't even talk to Sony about the refund debacle, what's Sony supposed to do? They're just following their, you know, their regulations. So, CD Projekt Red came out in a, uh, in a, um, a, a, uh, uh, an article... Uh, this guy named this guy named Noah Noah Kowski, who is um, I believe he's a board member. Uh, he said there was no special arrangement in, in place with Sony or Microsoft in order to facilitate and accept Cyberpunk 2077 refunds. In this article, he states one has to understand Microsoft and Sony have refund policies for every product that is released digitally on their, on their storefronts. Despite several articles I've seen that things are being set up for us, it's actually not true. These policies are in place and have always been in place. They are not offered specifically for us. Anyone who has purchased any title on PlayStation Network or Microsoft Storefront can ask for a refund, and if it's made within certain boundaries, usually related to time, usage, and so on, can ask for that refund. Our procedure here with Microsoft and Sony is not different than with any other title release on any of these storefronts. But you came out on Twitter and told people that that is how you get your refund. Obviously, Sony's refund policy is incredibly weak. Uh, you own like if you download if you don't download it, the uh, the refund is eligible for 14 days. But if you download it, you are no longer eligible. If so, people who preloaded the game, even if they haven't played it for uh, an hour, cannot get you know cannot get a refund. And of course, CD Projekt Red talked about how oh everyone will be able to get a refund no matter what. And what happens? Sony's policy gets in the way, and furthermore, Xbox's policy also got in the way as well. So the debacle continues. So CD Projekt Red, Red lied once again. Now CD Projekt Red came back on Twitter and said, <clears throat> Important update for PlayStation and Xbox users. I'm sorry, just PlayStation. Just PlayStation. Following our discussion with PlayStation, a decision was made to temporarily dis suspend digital distribution of Cyberpunk 2077 on the PlayStation Store. You can still buy physical versions of the game in brick-and-mortar stores and online. All purchased digital and physical copies of the game will continue to receive support and updates as we continue to improve your experience. According to our knowledge, starting today, everyone who is not willing to wait for updates and wants to refund their digital copy of the game can do so by submitting a, a request at www.playstation.com slash cyberpunk2077 refunds. We are working hard to bring Cyberpunk back to PlayStation Store as soon as possible. So not only did they prematurely throw, throw out the notion of refunds on the Sony store without consulting them, then they tried to be like, oh, it wasn't our fault. You know, it's their it's their fault, their, their policies. And now, only after 
the PlayStation Store took the game off of, of took the game off the store. Did the company come out and say, "Hey, hey uh, we're apologizing again"? So PlayStation came out and said, um, "Sony Entertainment strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. Therefore, we will begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who have purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via PlayStation Store. Sony Entertainment will also be removing Cyberpunk from the PlayStation Store until further notice." Once we have confirmed that you purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via PlayStation Store, we will begin processing your refund. Please note that completion of the refund may be based on your payment method and financial institution. (sighs) So anyways, uh, Steve Project Red came out in a statement and said, Hey, we aim to make games playable and stable without glitches and crashes. Uh, And... Yeah. It's it's hard to, like, comment, you know? Because, it's like, on one hand, it's like, okay, well, maybe expectations were a little bit too high. But on the other hand, it's like, well, then you see, you know, some of the things that are happening to people, and you feel really bad because it is a, it's a full-price game. It's a full-price game that people have been waiting for for a long time. And obviously that doesn't really factor in in the long run of things. In the short term, it's going to really damage this company's reputation. Honestly, like no matter no matter if it's being blown out of proportion or not, how they're handling the situation is 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 fucked up. Okay. So let's move on. So, as I stated, despite the delisting on Sony's PlayStation Store, people who own a copy of the game and still have it installed and blah 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 will still be getting updates like the one that's going to be coming uh before Christmas. Um, let's talk about the cost of fixing Cyberpunk. They said that the CD Projekt Red came out, hey, you know, it's irrelevant how much it's going to cost to fix the game. We just want to do it. We want to get it into a playable, stable state without glitches, without the hardcore crashes. Um, who was talking to, uh, who were they talking to? CEO Abin Kaczynski. Uh, came out and said the cost of patching the game is irrelevant compared to what we have at, at stake at the moment. So there is no question about it. Uh, we definitely want to fix the game. We made our promise to gamers, and we will be doing everything to, st- excuse me, to stick to it. He continued on to say that that's why our first steps are solely focused on regaining those two things. We are concentrated on fixing Cyberpunk on last gen consoles. Continuing on, in a talk, in talking about the multiplayer and DLC, uh, CD Projekt Red said, "Yeah, we're gonna kind of put that on the back burner while we, while we fix what's at hand." So, in an emergency board meeting, um, Adam Krasinski came out again and said, "It's too early to judge what's going to happen to the post-release plans, like the DLC and multiplayer." He said, "We don't know yet." Um, We are now focusing on improving Cyberpunk, and we'll discuss it early next year. He also continued to say, We're in a situation which wasn't planned, and we'll have to reassess where we are. And that's the plan for January. So now we are managing the situation of the single player. We are working on patches and communication, and to refocus on gamers. We have to sit and discuss. So, to be fair, um, honestly, the DLC and the multiplayer wasn't supposed to be released until next year. Anyways... So it's not a huge deal that they are postponing it and working on the game right now. But once again, 
I mean, if No Man's Sky isn't a blaring example of releasing a game too early, like, what? You, you gotta be out of touch here. Like, seriously. So out of touch. Um. Alright, and then this article that I'm looking at is just a, you know, going over some things that I already said. So, <clears throat> look, um. In the end, what's going to matter is do they fix the game or do they leave it in a broken state? And obviously they are fully ready to fix the game on the older systems. And as we know, the newer consoles and PC haven't had as many issues, but there's still some issues with them, of course. But it's the older consoles that are getting the brux the crux the most pain right now. And Let's say that this game released a year after this point, right? And the older generation version was still this bad. Do you think people would have noticed as much as now? Or would would this have blown up as much as it did? Because, you know, in you know, more PS5s and Xbox Series X's are gonna be out there, of course, in the in the next few years. I don't know. But I all I know is right now, in this moment, they fucked up. And unfortunately, that is going to leave a mark on their reputation for years to come. And by the time that they have another game coming out, people are going to remember this. And in order to get back the trust of the gamers, um, they're going to have to really, really strive to fix the mess that they made. And like I said, I'm not so angry about the play of like the state of the game, right? When I played it, I was okay, right? Uh, the worst thing was that was that pop and stuff I was talking about. But to come out on Twitter and push all the blame on someone else for a little while and then cause a huge stir in the gaming community by saying, "Oh yeah, Sony and PlayStation, they'll they'll give you refunds." That's how they made it that made it seem in that statement. What were they thinking? They should have gone to PlayStation first. They should have gone to Xbox first and said, hey, this is what we want to do. How can we make this work? And I guarantee it would have been such a easier process just to already have that that link that they that they talked about, the website to go to. So with that being said, once again, I'm not planning on playing this game until next year anyways. But for the people who are playing it now in the state that it's in on the older consoles... All you gotta do is wait, I guess, or get your refund. But like I said, it's just so funny to me that the game comes out on like, it's like the 10th slash the 11th, right? Some people got the game on the 11th, some people got the game on the 10th, depending. And to put out a post three days later about getting refunds when most of the time, most of those people have already voided their refund policies anyways, it's like, come on. They knew how the game ran at their office. I have a PlayStation original console, and it ran fine for what I played. But, jeez Louise. (laughs) I don't understand how this can get past the playtesting phase. And I don't understand why it took them an extra few months to get this game out claiming that it was because 
the older console generation wasn't working properly and that they they were then then they claimed that they were fixed they fixed it all or they it's so or so it seemed i guess they didn't claim that but so it seemed because they released the game and like i said before i understand that you want everyone to have the game at the same time and that is very commendable but when you also have a game like assassin's creed valhalla watchdogs legion bug snacks <laughs> immortals phoenix rising Doom Eternal! All these games coming out on... Well, I guess not Doom Eternal, but all those games coming out on different platforms, respectively. And they are all pretty much on par with each other. What happened here? Is it simply because it's a bigger endeavor? I'm not sure. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is pretty big. Immortals Phoenix Rising is pretty big. I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore, guys. Um, I, these companies, like I was saying, these companies have a lot of thinking to do about how they go about their business. It's There's been so many companies this year in general that have come under harsh criticisms simply because of the truthfulness of their statements, one, and just their their practices in general. And I think that the number one thing that these companies need to do is to stop, you know, reading these Twitter posts by people and these all these mass emails that get sent to them when they delay a game and all these mentions that when they delay a game where of people going, I'm so disappointed, release it now, release it now, release it now. Because these people don't know what they're asking for. These people really don't know what they're asking for from the developer. And this is such a true statement. They just, they need to, they need to know their plan and they, you know, maybe an invest, maybe investors and board members are pushing for like, get it out now. Everyone's angry. You know, they can't listen to those people. They need to stick to their guns and be like, hey, the game is not ready. And if we put it out now, this is what's going to happen. We're going to get another No Man's Sky situation, right? But here we are once again, talking about a company doing something shitty and it's more or less their fault. So I, I, I do want to move on from this topic, but I, this is a very interesting topic to me. And delaying the game again would not have been the end of the world, honestly. And I, I even think releasing the... The, you know, PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC versions before the older console generation... I don't think that would have been a, a terrible thing either. Um, but that's just my opinion, obviously. Um, so yeah, this is, needless to say, I'm disappointed with CG Pro CD Projekt Red. They obviously... Something went wrong. Something went very wrong. Um, and I think that they've kind of... They need to really build themselves back up after this, you know? It's one of those things that's like... People are going to remember this. And uh, they people may not be so inclined to hype up and talk about and, and pre-order pre and whatever their next game, you know? No matter what it is. And no matter how far along in the future it will be, you know? Compared to the other fuck-ups that have happened this year, I think this is the one that kind of has made me the most disappointed, you know? I really do. Because they could have...
delayed this game until next year. No one would have... I mean, sure, there would have been people who were like, you know, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. I've been waiting for this game for seven years. And it's like, shut up. Because listening to those kind of people on Twitter, no matter how many of them there are, it's not worth it to release something that's broken and bad. You know? It's not worth it. That's my statement. Okay. Let's move on to maybe some good news about Death Stranding. I'm sorry, about Cyberpunk. Um, Death Stranding added some Cyberpunk-themed content to the game. Uh, you can have, like, the... Um, you have Norman Reedus look like a Cyberpunk character with, like, the facial stuff. Uh, the Johnny Silver arm arm is available to as a customization option. You can ride on the Cyberpunk motorcycle... Uh, and what else do they add? Oh, some, some Johnny Silver Arm sunglasses. Is that his name? Silver Arm? I forget. Uh, this is only available on the PC right now. Uh, so if you are a console player, it's not coming to console right now. Um, Kojima Productions came out on Twitter and said, Currently, the collaboration is exclusive to the PC version only. We'll have more announcements coming in the near future. So stay tuned. Let's talk again about the game awards. I talked about them in depth last time for most of the, you know, most of the things that were talked about. Let's talk about the impact the game awards had this year. Um, uh, Jeff Cayley came out on Twitter and was talking about the viewership over time. Um, so what started in 2014 with 1.9, I believe, million. Hold on, let me, let me, let me zoom and enhance. 1.9 million viewers in 2014. It exponentially grow, grew uh, in 2020, this last Game Awards, there was 83 million people watching the Game Awards at the same time on all the different platforms. Not only that, that is an 83% uptake since their last one, which had 45.2 million viewers at the same time. He, he also further on said other key stats, over 8.3 million peak concurrent viewers... 2.63 million peak concurrent viewers on Twitch double last year. Watch time on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook gaming were up 129%. And there were over 9,000 co-streamers on Twitch. Me being one of them. Well, I'm not a co-streamer, but you know what I'm saying. And on Twitter, the conversation went up 31% and 65% with, um, with, and with the hashtag, uh, the usage went up 107%. So, whether it's because of the teases for what was going to be presented at the Game Awards, whether it's for the actual awards themselves, it's hard to say. Um, but uh, this is this is good, you know. This is this is this is nice, you know. Even though the Game Awards is just an award show, you shouldn't ever take them too seriously because, let's be honest, the only real opinion that matters is your own in these cases. And if The Last of Us isn't your game of the year, that's fine. Um, and people need to remember that, you know, just because a, a game gets an award that a game that you like didn't get, um, doesn't mean that it diminishes the experience or diminishes the value of that game that did not win. Because in the end, it's just an award. Same thing goes for like, you know, the Oscars and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's just an award. And even though maybe this developer or that actor will get more gigs in the future, um, the, the con, the, the, everyone knows what's good and what's bad, honestly. But yeah, that's good, good news for the Game Awards people. Um, and, uh, we'll see what happens next year, uh, around the same time. 
All right, let's move on. So, um, speaking of the devil, Ubisoft has done something shitty. They have added an XP boost to Assassin's Creed Valhalla a month after the launch. So, the same thing happened with Garden Warfare 2, where they released the game without any microtransactions. You you earn coins by playing the game, and you can buy packs with those coins. A month or so, or maybe even a few weeks after the game released, they did the shitty thing by saying... Or, it was EA, right? Yeah, that was EA, Garden Warfare. But anyways, point still stands. Um, that they added the microtransactions in after everyone had reviewed it, after I had reviewed it and gave it high praises for not having microtransactions in a game that honestly could have had microtransactions. And what do you know... A few weeks later, there was microtransactions, and I had to, like, take a step back and go, well, what, what, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? Same thing has kind of happened here. XP boost microtransactions. So you could buy coins for cosmetic items be uh, before, and I was like, yeah, it's fine. No, just cosmetic items. Who's going to really use that? Well, here we go. Now there's now there's going to be a reason for people to boost uh, their XP with, with actual microtransactions in the game. You can buy an XP boost. So essentially it's a 50% bonus XP boost. So that means that for a thousand Helix credits, which is about $10, you can eliminate 50% of the XP grind. Uh-huh. Of course, this looks really shady for the company because it's coming out a month after the game release, meaning most people will have either already picked up the game because of the high praises or they will be, uh, you know, they'll already be entrenched in the game and may be done with it. Ubisoft sent the following statement to Game Informer, and this, the, you guys are going to really not like this. As more and more post-launch content becomes available, we want to give the option to players to advance their progression. Utilities allow players who lack the time to fully explore the world of Assassin's Creed Valhalla to be able to acquire the game's best gear, as well as other items, by accelerating their progress. For instance, these players can purchase maps that uncover some interesting locations in the world, but would still have to visit and play them to get their rewards. It's not the same thing, though. Um, the maps that they're saying that you can purchase in the game are purchased at in-game vendors, and you use the in-game money that you earn in the game! They're not for Helix credits. They're not for actual money. This comparison is bogus. And just like that, Ubisoft has completely eliminated Assassin's Creed Valhalla from my top ten list. Sorry. <laughs> I was already teetering on the edge of it because it was like, as I was playing it, I was kind of like feeling that monotonous grind start to set in and it was slow on the PS4 and whatnot. But I think they've they've officially single-handedly uprooted the good that they did with this game because I gave it pretty high praises and I still will give it high praises. You know, the game is fun. It's It's nice. There's some things I complained about, of course, but in compared to Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Origins before it, it was a much more contained experience with a more straightforward story and less areas to explore, but that also gave you, like, 
you know, it, it helped people who were like me, who were like, well, you know, when you look at the map of Assassin's Creed Origins, it's like, holy shit, I'm never going to explore this whole thing. With that, with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I can be like, yeah, I'm going to, I can run over there in, in a few minutes. Or I can sail over there. So, uh, there's a little tip for you guys who are doing the Game of the Year contest. Uh, Valhalla is officially not going to be on my top ten list. I cannot give them any credit with with what they just did. Honestly. And it sounds like they're going to be adding maybe more things. Um, and this has more been like an EA type thing recently. But uh, it seems like Ubisoft has taken that mantle. Uh, and and the, 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 the thing that pisses me off the most is I like this game. It was It's a good game, but I, I can't support this business practice of waiting an entire month to add this this boost in the game without telling anyone without doing anything it was a it was literally a surprise in the patch notes from the last patch how fucking funny ten dollars i'm and people will buy it why do you think people why do you think that they keep doing it it's because people keep buying it Can we move on to something that is going to make me happy? <laughs> uh, uh, Terminator Resistance. You guys remember that game? We played it on the Twitch channel not too long ago. Terminator Resistance uh, is getting an, an enhanced edition for the PS5 and Xbox Series X. It's going to get uh, a new infiltrator mode. Balance patches and updates, 4K resolution and 60 frames per second performance, faster loading, and the use of the Dual Senses special features on Sony. I'm sorry, on PlayStation, which sounds like a good up. What sounds like a good upgrade, and people who own the game on the PS4 can, of course, get a free version on the PS5. Um, so there you go. Uh, if you liked what you saw when I played through the game, well, uh, this may be the better way to play it uh i i mean if you know if it becomes free on playstation plus i'll of course pick it up but i'm not going to be that kind of person who's like oh it's it's completely different i'm gonna go grab it you know i've already played it i kind of get the gist of it the main problems i had with it were like the voice acting the plot um and there was just so many like glitches stuff in the game um but uh, maybe this up- upgrade is going to be worth it. I guess you'll have to wait and see. All right, Ghost of Tsushima. They've added a few Sony licensed things to the game. And what am I talking about? Well, you can get a God of War armor set for the Samurai, a Horizon Zero Dawn set for the Hunter, a Shadow of the Colossus armor for the Assassin, and a Bloodborne armor for the Ronin. And you can un- you can unlock each set by completing any story or survival mission with the corresponding character class. Take note, however, that these armor sets will only be available to grab until the 15th of January in 2021. So if you have not played the game in a while, like myself, it might be time to go back and maybe get one of your favorite costumes from one of your favorite games. Uh, speaking of cosmetic items, uh, Adventure Time is crossing over with Immortals Phoenix Rising. That's right. You will be able to play as Finn and your 
Well, it's it's like a beefy, buffed up version of Finn. It, the character has like the colors of Finn's outfit and the hat that he wears. Um, also, uh, Phosphoro will have a Jake the Dog skin, which looks insanely creepy. And you will also get a skin for your, uh, like a horse, or a, this is a unicorn, uh, of Lady Rainicorn, which is also pretty creepy in this drawing, uh, in this, in this character pack drawing. Um, this is a weird one. People who are fans of Adventure Time, I'm sure that you're happy with this, of course, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of creepy. Um, the Jake the Dog thing is especially creepy. Uh, so, yeah, this is definitely unexpected, um, but it's nice for Adventure Time fans. I don't know, I don't even know if, if I was a fan of Adventure Time if I would use these costumes, because they don't look all that great. But, uh, anyways, let's move on. So there was a, uh, Nintendo Indie Direct. I'm not going to go over everything that was in the Indie Direct uh, I'm just going to go over the, like, the two or, f- or a few biggest things a part of that. Uh, one of the biggest things was that Super Meat Boy Forever is finally getting a release date, or it finally has a release date of the 23rd of December. It's going to be $20 hairs, um, and the game is going to be available on Switch on the 23rd of December. Um, it's been revealed that uh, it's a limited-time console exclusive, so people who own, have, you know, PlayStations, Xboxes, and PCs are going to have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, Nintendo came out on Twitter and said, With thousands of levels to play through and millions of saws to avoid, Super Meat Boy Forever will put your platforming skills to the ultimate test when it comes to Nintendo Switch on December 23rd. So that was a pretty cool um, pretty cool reveal. And Super Meat Boy uh, has, has been teased since 2014. It was supposed to be a mobile-only game before being overhauled into a full console sequel and revealed in 2017 again. It's expected the it was expected to launch in 2018, then 2019, and now of course 2020 on the Switch, which is pretty close. Um, also, Splunky One and Two are both coming to Nintendo Switch. You can buy either one. Um, there's been a few. I guess they said there were a few like maybe reimaginings. Did they say? Uh, I guess not. But anyways, you can you can get either Splunky One or Splunky Two. Um, both games are coming to Nintendo Switch in summer of 2021, so they're not there yet. And then, of course, the biggest news was that Among Us is on the Switch, and it's actually available to purchase and download now. I need some water. Oh, man. Um, So, yeah, uh, obviously Among Us wasn't expected to come to any consoles because the developers said that the game would kind of be like, it would kind of break the game because not everyone's going to use a mic. There's no easy way to communicate with other people, etc., etc. You know, there's no keyboard that you can use. But, uh, yeah, I guess they did a 180 on that, and now Among Us has officially been launched on the console. Um, of course, uh, there's nothing really too new about it, but there is a Mario costume that you can acquire in the game. And, of course, you can buy the game for about $4. Uh, it's a little bit less than the Steam price at, I think it's like $4.89, and the Steam version is like $4.00. Or no, three eighty nine. But the Steam version is four dollars. Uh, so if you want to get that, you can. And in a even crazier turn of events, um, Among Us, there was a glitch that you could do where you went to a local game on the main menu and created your own game. You selected the airship map via the laptop in in the in the staging area. You exit the lobby and then hit online and host a, ran- a room without choosing a map. 
you will load the airship map once four players join in. So the new airship map, which was revealed during um, the Game Awards, was actually playable for quite some time on the Switch. And actually, as one of the friends of the podcast knows, uh, Andrew Michael, it netted him a lot of views because this was like a a huge bug that people were exploiting to, to get a feel for the map, play a few rounds on the map. And then once the update came out from at Sonic Pulsar, he said they fixed the glitch that allowed Switch players to access the airship map that was supposed to release in January. Among Us up will update if you try to go online. So you, there's no way around it if you want to play airship with your friends. Uh, I think it's an online only game, anyways. But that 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 is uh, that's pretty crazy um, that people figured this out. I mean, I guess there's people just kind of like continuously just kind of messing around with games, and this was a big thing revealed at the Game Awards because you know people weren't expecting like a whole new map or whatever. Uh, but here we are. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy that people were able to do this and uh, were able to play on it for so long. Um, I believe it took them like an entire, f- I don't know, when did this article originally come out? I guess it took them an entire day to patch out this uh, this bug. Well, it must have been a few days, actually. Anyways, let's move on. Your um, Hades. You know Hades. The Switch version now has cross-save support. It's live on the Switch version. If you update your copy today, you'll be able to use cross-saves with any platform. Um, so Hades cross-save is now available. How to transfer data from your to and from your Nintendo Switch. Select cross-saves in the main menu, connect your Steam or Epic Games account, all set, pause, and quit to upload the saved data. Of course, um, I think you need to like upload your saved data from a PlayStation to your computer first before going to the Hades on the on Switch. Um, but this is cool. Um... There are a lot of people who played this game on the PC and they would love to play it on the go. And obviously now you can take all your progress from the PC and transfer it right over to the Switch version. Um, and of course, this will allow players to go vice versa. So you can go from the Switch to the PC as well. Um, you'll get any relevant achievements once you start playing the game. And you'll also get the achievement for the true ending if you've already unlocked it um, on either or on the PC version. There you go. Nintendo has expanded its online Switch service with some more SNES and NES games. There's five more titles to choose from. The first one being Donkey Kong 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, uh, The Ignition Factor, Super Valus 4, Tough Enough, and Nightshade. All those games are available to uh, to play now. If uh, You just need to update your console. Um, I think the biggest game on here, of course, is Donkey Kong Country 3, another uh, rare game that came to that, that is coming to the online service. It's just a matter of time before they start doing N64 games or GameCube games. Either one. I would take either one at this point, please. Uh, anyways, um, before we get to the final, the final, uh, the final part of the podcast... I need to talk about a new game called Fraymakers, which is a Kickstarter game that recently got its goal for the Switch version. This is essentially an indie Smash Brothers brawler. It's, it's, it's set up exactly like a Smash Brothers game, except you're using indie characters like Octodad, the guy from Downwell, uh, uh, Slay the Spire characters, VVVVVV, Ape Out, Bit Trip Runner, etc., etc. If you want to support the game, of course, go to the Kickstarter on Kickstarter. 
Um, in addition, you'll also be able to use a powerful editor, which will be able you'll be able to you'll be able to make your uh, make your own characters and own the levels. Um, and you'll also be able to choose from a plethora of sidekick characters to help you in the fight. Um, there's there there's just so many that there's hard to, to like name all of them. But the guy who's in a pot in um in that one game, he has like an axe and he's trying to get uh get up a hill or whatever. I forget what it's called. Struggling, I don't know. <laughs> uh, like there's there's a guy from Apothenon in here or Parthenon. Um, the color chooser from that game that I can't remember the name of right now is in here. It's it's kind of it's 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 literally Smash Bros but with indie characters. It looks pretty cool if you want to check that out. And like I said, it's it's called um, Fraymakers. F-R-A-Y, Fraymakers. And, okay, so I, I, I had to start with a developer doing naughty things, and I have to end with a developer, or I'm sorry, a company doing a, a, a naughty thing. Um, so people have been complaining about the 35th anniversary of Mario, how the games and stuff that are along with it are all pretty much limited releases, like the All-Star Collection and the Super Mario 35, or whatever it's called. Super Mario Bros. 35, yeah. And, of course, the Super Mario Game & Watch system, which is no longer available to purchase at all. Doug Bowser, who was the new CEO of the um, America, uh, Nintendo of America president, uh, Doug Bowser, he came out with some news about the controversy surrounding this. So... He came out in a statement and said, yeah, I think I used a simple word, celebration. It's just, this is a celebration of Mario 30, Mario's 35th anniversary, and we wanted to celebrate in unique and different ways. And we've done that through games like Super Mario 3D All-Stars, or we will be doing that through future releases such as Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. He continued to say, and then we've also done it through releases such as Game & Watch Super Mario Bros. or the Mario Kart Live Home Circuit game. There are various ways that we are celebrating Mario's 35th. And with some of these titles, we felt it was an opportunity to release them for a limited period of time. They've done very, very well. Super Mario 3D All-Stars has sold over 2.6 million units in the U.S. alone. And so clearly, consumers have been able to jump on it and enjoy that. And it's not a, it's and it's not strategy that we're doing this... I'm sorry. It's not strategy that we're going to be using wide... That we're going to be using widely, but it's one that we thought was a very unique for the actual anniversary. Yeah, at this point, the decision was really made around the celebration feature and aspect. I can't speak for plans beyond the end of March. Look, uh, no duh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is selling, like, hotcakes, right? You tell people that it's a limited release and it will be gone forever in March. People are going to jump on it, like myself, like Callus, like, etc., etc. Insert person's name who bought the game. Yeah, there's a lot of people who would have bought the game anyways, like myself and Callus. But it's 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 the whole thing about it. It's like you come out and give this whole spiel about how it's about the anniversary and blah 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 blah. Well, it's like, well, what happens when it's Zelda's anniversary? Are you gonna do like Breath of the Wild two is only gonna be available between April first and 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 December twenty fifth? You know, like what the fuck is that? I you know it's days like these you miss Reggie. <laughs> I understand this was probably written by higher up or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, people in the Japanese department um, who, who are the head of Nintendo. But it's one of those things. It's like it is kind of annoying, you know, that these games are just going to kind of disappear. And after they disappear, 
guess what? These games are going to go up in price. They're going to be so rare, you know? The Game & Watch already is super rare. It's not even available anymore. It's sold out. And with Super Mario Bros. 35, why even take that off of the Nintendo Switch store? It makes no sense. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a freebie game that takes no hardly any money to keep going. Tetris 99 still fine. Why, why, why take down Super Mario Bros. 35? It's stupid. And he also mentions Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Of course, that that's not that's not limited release. Same thing with Mario Kart Home Circuit. That's not a limited release. But then why is Super Mario 3D All-Stars and Super Mario Bros. 35 and the Mario Game & Watch system all limited releases until March? It makes no sense. And we still don't have a clear answer for them. They wanted to do something unique. Well, you have done something unique. You've pissed off a lot of people. And it, I guess I guess it's just the whole... I guess it's just... I don't, I don't know if it's so much so, like, people are angry about, like, the games being limited release. I think it's just kind of like a shady business practice. You know, after these games go off the market, the, the value of these games is going to skyrocket. And I think that's the main reason... I don't know. I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, but I'm just saying it's one of those things that, like, there's a lot of people out there who can't get these games right away. You know, they need to save up for a game. They need, you know, maybe, maybe Christmas time, Jimmy. Maybe next year, Jimmy. Well, there isn't going to be a next year for Jimmy. You know, when the game is, there's going to be, I don't, there's not going to be a sale for this game. You know, the game is going to be, is, is going to be off the shelves by the time March comes around. There will not be any more. The game is not going to have a Black Friday sale. The game is not going to, you know, have a uh, sale a year after it's been released because it's going to be off the shelves and gone. And even if a, even if a store if a store has a a Super Mario 3D All Stars game on their shelf in pristine wrapping, it's not like they're going they're they're going to keep that at full price. Nintendo already doesn't do a lot of sales physical copies of the, uh, for physical copies of the game or games. You know, it's like once a year they'll do like a buy two get one kind of deal. And even then, it's like, well, are there really three Switch games that I need right now? <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah. Sorry I had to start it on a low point. I had to finish it on a low point. But uh, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. Um, I just wanted to stress the point that it's like... Nintendo's a big company, and they do shady things, too. Um, anyways... Let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, I'm not going to talk about the games that I played this past week, this episode. We're going we're gonna to wait till next episode when there's not as many pressing news stories, of course. But I do appreciate you coming to this to this podcast, listening to this podcast, and um, you know, sharing your time with me because yeah, I really do appreciate that. If you want to discuss any of the topics with me, um, with me personally, uh, just, uh, join my Discord. I'm gonna try and remember to put the link into the description this time around. Or you can follow me on Twitter at YummyTheFerret. Join me in my live streams at, uh, twitch.tv slash YummyTheFerret. And, of course, if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's YummyTheFerret once again. Alright, uh, once again, I do appreciate you guys stopping by. I'm YummyTheFerret. I'm out of here, and I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you next week. Have a happy holiday if I don't hear from you. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.